the theme for the afternoon talk are practices to work with stress, to work with anxiety, and to work with uh, trauma. I'll uh, endeavour through the thread of the talk to give uh, some explanation to distinguish a little bit between uh, these forms of human experience which often obviously can be uh, very very difficult just to bear uh, in mind as well that uh, words are by by common consent in terms of agreement so that means though uh, I might define them in particular ways other others may define in completely different ways a classic example uh, of this incidentally as well is the word attachment in the tradition uh, the teachings of uh, the Buddha it has a very specific meaning uh, it refers to the inflammation and or the exaggeration of a situ- situation so there are situations in life which we become identified with we hold and cling uh, onto, we project onto, that could be ourselves or others, and the single, single word regularly used in the Buddhist tradition, in, in the English language, is attachment. Be mindful of attachments. That means being mindful of grasping onto, being mindful of clinging to, being possessive about, holding onto and the word gets summarized as attachment. In the West, the word has a completely different uh, meaning and it's frequently used appropriately as well with regard to attachment, meaning that connection with the other. The mother, the the father loves their children and there is an attachment to the, the children. There's an attachment and love and appreciation of one's home in environment and much, much more. So mention this because it is important for us to be able to distinguish one application of a word, attachment, in this case the Eastern tradition, and another use of the same word in the Western tradition. Therefore, words are by common consent. Just when Jen was just speaking to you a moment ago about uh, uh, the bell uh, ringing, uh, as it does sometimes, a person mentions something and then there's a a spark, a a recollection uh, there. And just with regard uh, to the bell ringing, it's uh, rather an important duty there and in a rather large space and the blessings of it that we have it will mean that the bell ringer, she or he will be walking further afield there do feel clo- uh, ready and prepared of course to be quite close to where the people are sleeping or walking or whatever it may be that others are doing um, because sometimes the bell uh, ringers have been rather nervous, if not terrified, about waking people up. <laughs> sometimes the bell ringers ring so quietly that even the bell ringer can't hear it. <laughs> so it, it takes a little bit of confidence um, in uh, the activity of uh, uh, the bell ringing. So do ensure, as uh, Jen was reminding us, uh, there, that it's in close uh, proximity to where people, you know, are staying, or if it's a walking period, uh, or whatever. With the memory that came in the monastery, probably eighty to a hundred monks and novices, and roughly that number of uh, nuns as well, and we had a rather unusual uh, bell or gong. Uh, in the monastery. Uh, in the north of Thailand, this is in the 1970s, when um, the American uh, military 
were waging the war on the people of Vietnam that a B-52 bomber set off from Yudon, which was the US air base, to uh, bomb uh, those in North Vietnam and whoever put the bomb in the plane didn't secure it properly and it fell out of the plane on takeoff. Miraculously, it didn't blow up there. Some of the people living in Udon, who were students of my teacher, contacted him and said, we'll empty out this bomb, it's a 500-pound bomb, uh, there, and you could have it if you wish, as the gong for the morning uh, uh, bell ring. So they emptied out all the uh, powder explosives in the bomb, gave it a good polish, put it on the back of a big truck and drove it down, at least 20 hours in the truck, down to our monastery in the south of Thailand and very uh, happily this shell of a bomb was hanging up in the Dharma Hall to be rung for the meals and rung for the meditations. I, I can tell you, in all of history, no better use was ever made of a bomb. And, uh, perhaps one might appear here one day, who, know, who knows, but in the meantime we've just got the little dong, dong, but it still serves big or small the same purpose remember these things, big or small it's the same function there so with stress as we know or as we read or as we are told that <coughs> more days are lost through work due to stress than anything else uh, etc there's a mindfulness here, it is both outer and uh, inner. The Buddhist tradition, in its weak spots, and it's got plenty of them, my goodness me, in its very weak spots, it has leans itself in the exploration towards the inner, the personal, oneself. It's not the way of the Buddha. It's not enough for a person to be in touch with themselves, to know... Uh, know themselves there's a much greater vision than that in these teachings and therefore that requires from us to, to get to know the other in relationship to stress for a moment or two in the culture of individualism which is mythology anyway but in the culture of uh, individual, individual there is a tendency to think I create my own stress or he or she whoever he or she may be in the office or at home or the neighbour is making stress for me not to deny or refute the impact there but mindfulness and awareness and exploration also includes form and form includes institutional life. And there is far too much pressure on women and men in education, in the workplace, in the business community, in the public and private sector, where the ideology is so intense and demanding to be efficient, to get things done, to see more people, or whatever. The institutional form and belief system is generating the stress. It isn't enough just to say, well, I am experiencing stress, it's my stress. It's part of the dynamics of the pressure which people uh, have to put up with or are putting up with. And it's going to require from all of us some awareness and some practices and some communications there to change the system I've got in mind the workplace but others uh, as well change the system which is impacting so harmfully on the well-being of people unfortunately in the workplace far too much including all the mindfulness industry that's going on there it's all about 
reducing one's own personal stress while maintaining the system which contributes to it. And quite a lot of that motive is around profit, efficiency, being more relaxed in order to be more productive. It's a misuse and a misunderstanding. So we're working to find our voice on the outer, share our concerns, find some empowerment together to see what practical steps we can make. Please don't forget that. When it comes to some of the stress which we work with, it's to look very carefully with regard to ourselves what are the kind of tangible expressions that take place which contribute to stress. And I'll give three or four and some of them you might well be familiar with. Very simple, very obvious, but it's to be very clear about. One is excessive thinking. Wow, is that a recipe for stress? Too much thinking about. And that excess of the thinking gets into a loop inside the being, inside the persona of ourselves. And the thought sequence tends to be circular in which there may be a little variation in the thinking that helps to keep it going but it's an expression of the stress and therefore one has to ask oneself honestly and clearly do I think too much about something that does not mean that one is trying to dissolve all thinking it's a bizarre idea uh, anyway and whoever thought that one up needs to have a look at their thought (laughs) so in the relationship there is wise and skillful thought when is the thinking going too far Are, are you walking out if you are one of the workers walking out of your office or your factory or your shop or wherever you are uh, working there and you notice that when you leave and you walk out of the front of that building you're still thinking about it and that is every little drop of thought is a unit of energy it is tiring and a person goes home having done the full full day of uh, work the impressions have been absorbed there is tension in the mind there is excessive thinking and one goes home and when one arrives home there is no attention left for the partner no attention left for the children no attention left just to uh, chill out and be quietly at peace with oneself and appreciate one is out of that worker role because the mind is still carrying the extension of the thinking I gave a workshop actually where my daughter's working at women's uh, charity which working with issues families of uh, domestic violence the staff are highly stressed in doing such intensity of work and amongst the many points that uh, we touched upon can one walk out of the building at the end of the working day turn around face that building and say quite clearly and affirmatively this day is over I've got another life is it any wonder that there is little communication left at home how the children can feel neglected and irritated where there's hardly any energy left except to turn on the wretched television set and not much energy left to turn it off. All of that is the consequence of having a role, being committed to it, but still carrying it on afterwards. We really have to be clear about what the role is and is the thinking extending the importance of that role too far. And all of this is part of the field of mindfulness and reflection which we can engage in here. 
I was in uh, Europe teaching a year or two ago and one of the participants uh, on the retreat she said to me that her husband was working uh, uh, every hour God sends not that God sends anything but anyway every hour that God uh, sends then he would come home and then he would disappear into their little office uh, in their home and he'd be working hours in the evening she said I hardly saw him she said I just felt like I was his cook and she spoke to him several times about it she said she's in a relationship she wants to be in a relationship she is committed to a relationship and for a relationship to take place there are simple conditions for it to have to recognise they're in a relationship one can't do that one alone uh, there she tried for several months and she came out with a marvellous one one liner uh, about it she said he preferred to have his hands on the keyboard of the computer than on me and, I, and she's an extremely beautiful woman and I said your husband is stark raving mad <laughs> and she ended the marriage because he preferred his hands on the keyboard sometimes we do not know in our insularity and in our self-preoccupation the stress that is building the impact it is having on the uh, other and why there is a breakdown in communication and a contributing factor can be too much thinking too much preoccupation <coughs> in our meditations here if you find yourself for example in the uh, sitting posture and, and the inner life is going whatever it might be about past, present or uh, future him, her, this or that and the thought may arise oh I'm thinking too much the thought may arise oh I should cut down on the thinking I should be in touch with my breath or whatever please do not deceive oneself into thinking that because the thought arises it's going to make a difference it won't so to be da, 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 da. oh I'm thinking too much da, 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 da. or I should stop the thinking da, 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 da. and then the gong goes <laughs> if it's loud if it's loud enough to invade into the thinking that's uh, 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 taking place small suggestion practical, open the eyes simple let light in let the colours in that are around you focus on the person's back if, if, you, if you wish but just let more light in as the poets tell us <coughs> the eyes these eyes are the windows to the soul let more light in rather than live preoccupied with quite often be vigilant in the excess of thinking which takes place quite often it is about a role either what I have or what I want so the, the streams of the thought can be about a role which is present with your mother, with your son with your, with your friend, with your neighbour with your lover, whatever or the role that might one uh, want uh, 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 there and some, one person told me on the retreat that her mother, in this case, constantly gave her a really, really hard time. And phoning her and contacting her and telling her all I've done for you, etc., etc. And it was extremely difficult. She didn't know what to do. And my solution to this was find a new mother change your mother so what do you mean what do you mean Christopher I, said, I, mean, I mean it could there be a person perhaps a generation older than you 
we have a lovely warm connection with and, and invite her to be your mum. And she thought I was a bit off the wall, etc. But then, rather sweetly, a few weeks later, she sent me a, an email and she said, there was a woman in my office, actually my manager, who is so loving and supportive and I can share everything with. And she said to her one day, would you like to be my mother? <laughs> and the manager said to her, just, I'd love to be your mother. So this woman in her around 30, and the, her, the boss, the manager in her 50s, and she said there was a fundamental change. Her biological mother can ring her up, go on, what are you doing with your life? In your 30s, you've got no kids, I want to be a grandmother, and all of these things that mothers and fathers can go on about. She said she can just listen. Doesn't feel reactive, not slamming the phone down, not dreading the next time the mother, biological mother rings. Something changed in the relationship, and that's made her life a lot easier. So if you need to find a new mother, new dad, they're around. <laughs> All right. Another factor with the stress level as well. Be mindful here. When you and I engage in, in an action, there is some intention. Human beings, we are deeply interested, probably, in our intentions, hopefully, in our actions and intentions and actions bring about results they have to and those results which uh, come about that the relationship to those results are important to us the results may be as we would wish works out well you meet somebody, you get a nice increase in the salary, your meditation is going amazingly well. I know it's a miracle, but it does happen. And much, much more. And therefore, there's the intention, there is the action, and there is the outcome. Much peace of mind is, in human ex existence, related to the intention to the action and to the outcome and sometimes the outcome is unknown to give a very small example of uh, uh, what I mean I come to Australia uh, uh, regularly or, or, or once a year and uh, in this uh, area and for the uh, British it requires from us a, uh, a visa, an e-visa. So one fills out the form, my name is Christopher George Wood Dittmans, this is my address, and this is my age, and I'm going to uh, uh, Australia. No, I do not have a criminal record. No, I'm not being investigated by the police. No, I'm not, not whatever. Uh, they don't fill it all out, then you send it in, you know, e email, Australian government, bless them, do not make a charge, and it says on the website, within 48 hours, there will be confirmation of your application, and that goes into the system, and therefore one has one's e-visa with the number which goes with it, and, no one prints it. and then one gets into it dear old Australia all very simple been doing this for years and years so just over about five or six days before it filled in the form went through the ritual double checked yes I spelt my name correctly yes I remembered my birthday uh, and sent it in back comes the confirmation says thank you it's now in process and usually within 48 hours always actually but you get the confirmation back then so okay then the following day comes a message 
our system has been taking we have stopped using the system for system administration service oh oh so I sent an e email to Jen so on the Thursday and the Friday small incident Thursday and the Friday, no confirmation. Closed on Saturday, there need to arrive on the Monday because on the Tuesday I'm flying out. Yeah. Just use it as one small uh, uh, example. Well, I'm here, so you, you know, clearly Australian government very kindly confirmed on, on uh, the Monday, a little close to the wire. The point with this is one little detail in this case leaving something a bit late small thing like that very easily not in this case but very easily can generate some stress oh will I be able to fly and in the re recognition and acknowledgement there it's a reminder the same thing could happen again that means in a year's time if Jensen invites me but could happen again unless there is some change here very simple make sure I make the application for the visa several days earlier than I have done in the past and just use it as a small example a small situation not addressed easily contributes to the stress there may be a few areas currently in your daily life my daily life where we know if we don't address and we postpone or we leave it to late it's going to be a hassle it's going to be more difficult the longer we put it off and that clarity and the mindfulness and the meditation is a contribution to a clarity what steps do I need to take early to ensure that I'm engaged I'm acting I'm responding to a situation because the stress of postponing is tiring and it might occur to you and, or to myself over the days and maybe just some areas there is no point in putting this off any longer and it doesn't matter how big it might be big could be a health issue that needs to be looked at big could be change in the relationship or in the marriage could be the willingness to step outside of a, a job or whatever <coughs> so mindfulness with the clarity will contribute all being well to picking up things it can reduce stress dramatically some situations with your day or uh, with uh, meditation and I find for myself and perhaps you do as well that the outcome may not be as one would wish the intentions were there the action was there the consequence the result, the fruit may not be as one would wish all sorts of areas that you and I have or are committed to it may require from us a trust in the intention that it was fine it was noble it was worthy even if the outcome is not as we would wish on the news in Brisbane a man is a report amongst the many tragic and sad stories uh, with the fires he had spent 10 years 
building his home by himself totally uh, committed to it there was less than two months to finish ten years of work and the fire destroyed it all and many 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 examples of, uh, of this and it isn't easy really isn't easy the, the disappointment and the anguish uh, is uh, understandable but sometimes in, in life the intentions and the actions are there but we cannot be in control and guarantee what the outcome will be nobody can about anything and many fine examples of this and for those of us brought up in the uh, Christian uh, 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 tradition what better reminder nailed to the cross for speaking about love not the outcome but it's staying true to the intention the voice of love so one area excessive thinking another uh, area of stress the relationship to results and the third one to be really mindful and vigilant about with us is two strong forces inside of the persona one of those is, the, is desire in its problematic sense here and the other is fear and these two in human beings kind of rub up against each other so in this case there is a desire to get something finished or done and completed and there is a parallel fear of it not being finished not getting done and these two forces rub up against each other and generate a huge amount of stress I want to get it finished and I fear I won't friend studying uh, and sent me an e email just last week a common situation where her tutor is saying this, 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 this in her thesis needs to be finished, needs to be changed need, needs to be done and the stress of that because of the feeling of really needing in this case his approval the stress of the need for approval that's so strong she says she can't focus she can't relax and settle down and actually do the work spending hours of the day with her, with her kids or talking on the phone constantly in avoidance because of the level of the stress the inner life in the periods of time when there isn't any stress just love those periods of time when it's sky above and earth below and the world around you really know those experiences when you can put hand on heart and say right now I'm not experiencing stress through excessive thinking I'm not experiencing stress through dependency on results I'm not experiencing distress because there's a conflict inside of me of desire and fear of not getting things done. And in the absence of all of that, there's potential for a right action with the clarity, with the intention and the understanding that threads its way through. It may work out. It may come to fruition in a healthy way, but it may not when it's quite clear about it and okay with it with the anxiety level of course not absolutely different uh, from but a very very common voice um, of people uh, uh, in, the, in the daily life when a word 
take anxiety for the moment is used with a lot of frequency the regularity and frequency of the word gets infected by the experience not easy this but lend an ear here it's worth it there's experience called anxiety a common expression of it will be perhaps unpleasant difficult sensations in the stomach contractions in the chest lots of thinking about um, present into future anxiety is often present into the future or anxious about what might happen because of what is in the past near or old so there is an impact the impact the description of it humanly enough is anxiety it's related to past, present and future and the self one might be anxious on behalf of others but it's the self anxious on behalf of others the regularity and the frequency of using the word anxiety is that it infects the anxiety and what I mean by that the regularity of it of the use of the word inflates it exaggerates the anxiety there's anxiety in the word looking at anxiety in the experience and the two collide together and one is speaking to oneself that's the inner voice or to the other and the voice may be saying gosh I'm so worried I have so much anxiety this anxiety it really affects me I can't sleep sleep at night and the word anxiety is being used with such regularity it's impossible to see clearly because the word is soaked in in anxiety the very word A-N-X-I-E-T-Y is soaked in it what chance is there of being free from anxiety if one is using the language of it again and again one small step describe it in a different way then what would the description be? It's a practice of letting go. Right, from today, I'm going to let go of this word anxiety. It's it's not very helpful. What would be... I hope you're not waiting for an answer to this question. I'm, I'm not here to answer questions, I'm here to raise them. What is another way of interpreting an experience in a fresh way and not defining it by a single word because there will be no liberation in the mechanical, habitual repetition of the same word we need our imagination we need a fresh way completely fresh way of looking it might just be here's a variety of sensations even if it's in the pit of the stomach and we are 110% convinced this is anxiety and our therapist has told us it's anxiety and our friend said to us, you're so, oh, you're so anxious, you have so, so much anxiety, etc. Everybody is telling you anxiety, and therefore, this is what it is. No, it's not. It's just a label extended itself on something. If I don't use that label, therefore, the description needs to be fresh completely fresh way of looking at this and one aspect of the fresh way of uh, looking is to invite in the inner life a short reflection 
what contributes to this experience? What is it that I need to see clearly? What is it that needs to change in the attitude? So instead of just having a single word and the same old problematic mantra running through uh, the mind, it invites a listening within in which we ask, what's another, a fresh way to look at this? What's a different kind of attitude? And when something fresh is coming in, we are not inflaming, Buddhists would call it attachment, we are not inflaming the old way of looking. Because <coughs> the power of the description of the way of looking at it is as important as that which is so-called being described. Understand? If I've got a fresh way to look at it, and I'm committed to a fresh way of looking at it, and I'm not looking at it in the old way, it will change that which is described. You have to be patient. It's your choice. The old way, and you know it's not working, because it's been repeated for years, maybe decades, or digging deep inside the being, and saying, what is a completely fresh way to look at this? And accompanying in that fresh way, what would be a small but helpful and effective way to change this? <coughs> change that which I am anxious about, myself, others, or whatever. And it might require just one small chain to really make a difference. And when sometimes people would come and they say, Oh, Christopher, I listen to talk about anxiety or whatever it might be. And, oh, I, I tried it in the afternoon, after the talk, and it didn't make any difference. Uh, look, it's not instant coffee retreat, you know. So, there is coffee though. Maybe, no? All right, well, all right. The, the, the privilege gets some. <laughs> All right. So sometimes, when there is a wish to make a change, I, I am inspired by the, the Old Testament prophets on the one-liners here. Explore a change for 40 days and 40 nights. Don't just say, oh, Christopher, I tried it this afternoon and it, I came up with a fresh idea but it didn't work. Still feel the same. 40 days and 40 nights of exploration and interest, in this case, anxiety. What is a fresh way to look at it? Sometimes you and I have the blessing of contact with the other. And we look at them, I think, where? We talk with them, we're friends, we've known them for some years. But they're not, they don't get anxious. They may have their dramas to deal with and their issues and chilled out and pretty pretty cool and they're not smoking dope round the clock or whatever uh, it might uh, uh, be. Sometimes we need to talk to such people. Maybe a little bit of their wisdom or clarity or attitude. Maybe, maybe it might rub off on us. Hey, that's a interesting way to look at it that's that uh, an idea I hadn't thought of that one before ok thank you 40 days and 40 nights the Dalai Lama once came once or twice actually very sweetly years ago before he became a superstar um, on the, uh, a, 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 a retreat the other I can't remember came, came to give us a talk I can't remember what he, he said, but I do remember one sentence. I re really enjoyed it. He said, if after three years of doing Buddhist practice, 
it hasn't worked for you, try Christianity instead. <laughs> now, I like that attitude, etc. Say the same with people on the retreat. If you've explored and it's not working for you, nothing t- worth holding on to, nothing worth clinging on to, go and explore something else. We must keep the freedom alive to uh, explore. And a number, because I know some of you for ages. The interest in exploration is really diverse, and that can include lifestyle, and it can include uh, different kinds of retreats, and yogurt, and therapies, and mind body work, and nature, and much, much uh, more. And to keep the freshness of, of that alive. Thirdly and uh, finally is in the area of uh, uh, trauma. I'm not a psychologist, I'm a Buddha Dharma Walla. So, so in looking at this, the word uh, uh, trauma, from just from the listening, so I don't have the, the, the technical training, so forgive me for that, but just in the listening, two people various uh, uh, places. What resonates, what I hear, if I may say, is two primary areas for this. And one of those areas is the specific concrete experience, or one or two or more of them, which have occurred in the past, which have left a strong residue of impression. Strong. And because, humanly enough, it's the understanding uh, uh, of it, the insights are not uh, there, that in moments it can arise at any time, that specific trauma. And that, of course, can be from childhood, teenage and adulthood, any period of time it's had a strong impact it could be emotional but it could be an accident or a sickness which has traumatised the body and in either case of emotions and thought and body the impact of that keeps reappearing in different ways in the present to know ourselves is to know as well as we can what is the outcome which we experience in the present? And the second kind of trauma is not because of the singular or one or two traumatic situations, but there is a quiet accumulation which is felt in heart, mind and body, which is draining and debilitating which is taking out our energy and our love and our connection and there is a gradual traumatization of the being not through a singular of the drama but through a quiet erosion of our sense of well-being and happiness. Both situations of trauma, the dramatic and uh, the gradual have the unfortunate impact and consequence on our life today. Can't be neglected. The thought which says, I wish I didn't have to feel this. I wish I didn't have to go through this. I wish this... Uh, wouldn't keep arising whether it's gradual or whether it's the major impactful uh, uh, situation (coughs) and we need sometimes the good wise love and presence skills and counsel of the other the others always best we can keep those resources available to us friends, the trusted individual, the professional or whoever. And also 
to see inside in our being that when something arises quite often but not always it's in specific kind of circumstances in other words we are vulnerable to reactivity that's the drama here we are vulnerable to reactivity it could be with certain person or persons it could be when we're alone it could be in a situation which is a little familiar but it touches us and then that triggers so the clarity and it's a very important initial clarity is to know with trauma gradual or the impactful uh, one from the past when am I most vulnerable to experiencing this is it with a certain person or persons is it when I'm by myself is it in a situation which is little similar to it in some way or other and to write down to memorize those locations there and to have much more preparation we can engage in a preparation in terms of dealing with the difficult situations we can't always obviously be prepared things happen to us but my goodness me we can do a lot of work if you are committed if you wish to end the trauma and end all the anguish of it there's much that we can do in working to change that situation because if we don't there's a guarantee it's continuity and feeling sorry for oneself and that generates the identity of the victim of the past that's the problem it won't go away and this identity of the victim that's which is the same thing as saying feeling sorry for oneself and that the weight of that so our exploration and our practices there to as i mentioned look at the times the places the situations and the environments where we're that much more vulnerable to recognize the times when we're not feeling oppressed by situations past or or present and in the environment here which is a uh reasonably um, a loving caring and supportive uh, environment to really know as well and recognize lots of moments when the old painful history is not impacting on you your life is much much more than an old painful situation and takes a challenge to really recognize yes that does arise yes it is a problem yes i am attending to it yes i'm remembering 40 days and 40 nights etc but it would be a pity to think one's whole life is about working out the past there are plenty of moments in every day when the past is not invading one good breakfast should confirm that the spotting of a lovely flower uh, in the uh, the garden the sweetness and the kindness uh, of the climate of the culture of the sangha of practitioners uh the the good service which is being provided for us with that most unusual name tea cozy for the chef <coughs> how symbolic it is tea cozy in the chef and much much more as well so the joyful sweet precious uh, moments are a reminder to us a very clear one 
you're in much more than the painful history. And the more love and connection we have with the precious moment without the painful history reduces the importance of it and we are still saying and where there are some expressions of trauma there I'm really going to work and watch this one as carefully as I can and the analogy it's the, the monk's analogy uh, which is regularly uh, used and I remember only too well that in uh, years in the, uh, in the forest in the monkhood time to time the snake would uh, get in and sometimes it just be that the size of the hut is around whatever, two and a half meters by two and a half meters the floor space sleeping on a mat uh, uh, like this no matter how tired one felt no matter what time of day or night when there's a, a snake in the hut <laughs> and it's a cobra the mindfulness is red hot <laughs> I tell you doesn't want the mind doesn't wander. Not going to be thinking about what I'm going to be doing tomorrow. You're right there with it. You just watch it every movement uh, there, and one exceptionally still. And then there can be the uh, coexistence. Be as calm as you can, as clear as you can with what is called stress. What is <coughs> called anxiety. What is called trauma. If you don't put wood on the fire, it's going to go out. That's clearly, the message from the environment that we are in, but it applies inwardly as well. If we don't put fire, wood, on the fire of stress, on the fire of anxiety on the fire of trauma it will go out the realization of nirvana is living without fire without burning up inside that's what the word means nirvana we have some days together may all Realize Nirvana by Friday. <laughs> okay, thank you. Let's have a quiet minute, shall we? Influences of the past on the present. May all beings live with love and wisdom. Thank you for lending an ear. The uh, time is um, 11.30.